Welcome to the Big Fucking Feelings Podcast, a show on how to use psychology to process your emotions, train your brain, and deal with being a human. And now, me, your host, psychology major, corporate badass, and certified life coach, Michelle Kevill. Hello, everyone. I hope you are well. And if not, I got you, at least you are here. My name is Michelle and I help high-achieving corporate women feel passionate about their job again. And today I am coming to you with a ton of growth. (laughs) I've had quite a bit of growth personally, like mindset-wise and in my business. I am almost fully booked. There is a lot of things happening and it's, it's exciting times. I come to you with like so many mixed emotions because I've gone through so much business growth internally and also just like a whole heap of like, like a buzz, like, oh God, like things are happening right now. So that's where I'm coming to you from. And I'm coming to you today with a topic on imposter syndrome, which is something that I have, I still cannot believe I have not talked about this. It's one of those ones that have just been sitting there in my list to talk about. And I've been like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, what? I have not talked about this yet. This is insane. And it's so common. And now that I've been like looking into it just a little bit further, because as you know, I like to give you like some of the context around it. I'm like, oh my God, it's if, why have I not talked about this? This is such a common thing. So I'm excited to talk to you about what it is, why it happens, how to get through it how it's affecting you and how this is a just, it's a trait amongst women. This happens to men, but from the literature that I've been looking at, this is, has been seen in women a majority of the time, which just makes me so like ragey. (laughs) I'm just like, what? (laughs) And it is important we address it because I don't doubt that you have felt it at some point or another in your career. Funny enough, I have as well, but I never called it imposter syndrome. For some reason, this never really hit my doorway, like in regards to what I was, I guess, going through. I never thought of this as imposter imposter syndrome, probably because I thought of myself as an expert. Like I, I'm competent and I knew that I was good at what I was doing, but I actually didn't know that deep down underneath all that, I had all this, all of that kind of expertise you could say was actually stemming from a heap of self-doubt or imposter syndrome and it's almost like my brain didn't want me to believe that I had imposter syndrome so made it out that like I knew what I was doing I just couldn't have a handle on my emotions that was actually the surface layer crap when you go really deep I started to realize on my own coaching journey like two years ago that oh shit I have imposter syndrome this is imposter syndrome All right, so let's get into it. What is imposter syndrome? So it's defined really as doubting your own natural abilities and feeling like a fraud. So if you are getting promoted, if you were doing really well, if you were receiving all this feedback, you were sitting there like, what are you talking about? This isn't true. And you feel like you're wearing a mask. Now, This is commonly what I've heard for a lot of women. And here's why, if you are like me, imposter syndrome just doesn't hit you the same way. So to articulate my kind of version of what I think imposter syndrome is, imposter syndrome is a defense mechanism to keep you in the belief that you are not good enough, not smart enough, 
despite the evidence externally that you see and are receiving in order to continue being safe. So what do I mean by that? This is great because this is what makes sense to me and it may make sense to you, which is why I'm giving it to you. Because I saw myself as someone who was capable and knew what they were doing. However, what would very quickly happen is I would receive this feedback, feel really good, and then very quickly just dismiss it and move on. And then be like focusing on the next goal, etc. What I didn't realize was happening internally is my brain was like, nope, I'm going to dismiss this evidence. You aren't good enough deep down. And, you know, these are popping up as different surface level thoughts so that you can keep moving forward and keep being safe. Because this is the only way I know how to survive. It's by making you feel inferior. So you keep going, you keep learning, you keep doing. If you feel good and believe in yourself and truly believe that you are like capable and safe, then bad things are going to happen. This is the only defense mechanism I know, and I am going to keep replaying it. Now, why then do maybe you or including myself feel like an expert? For some of you, this might not be the case, but I really wanted to give you my experience on this because I know there are people out there who are dismissing their imposter syndrome. They don't realize they have it and they're going to potentially be listening to this episode and be like, oh shit, I have it. And I really want to like bring that down and talk about it as well. So this will also matter if you believe you have it or don't. I want to reference a book by Dr. Valerie Young called The Secrets, Thoughts of Successful Women. Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. She categorized this into multiple subgroups. One, the perfectionist. Two, the superwoman. The natural genius. The soloist. And the expert. And I want to go a little bit into this because I thought this really articulated where this imposter syndrome was getting completely blindsided for me and potentially for you as well. And that is through the natural genius. And this is why I never believed I had imposter syndrome, because you believe that you are a natural genius, you are capable, but what you're doing is you judge how good you are based on how fast or how quick you're able to get things done. You then also internally set this bar extremely high. And then if you don't meet it, you have you can have like a very extreme emotional reaction. Some traits of this group is potentially like you avoid challenges because it's uncomfortable. That didn't really apply to me. But what really did apply was would your confidence tumble when you were faced with something really big or a setback and it just brought up all this emotion, feeling of shame, feeling of like, oh my God, I can't do it. That is imposter syndrome. So what was happening was I was going between this like, yep, I'm good. I can do things as long as I do them perfectly once, great and really easy. And if something does happen, I'm going to make it mean something really bad about myself and that I'm not good enough. I honestly believe that you had to constantly be like an imposter all the time, but I would actually go between the two. And I think what my brain was doing, it was doing it to protect this. And it's likely doing it for you to protect you. It does not believe it can be safe by fully believing in itself. Funny enough, all the others that I list 
I just like I read them and I'm like, yep, I've taken things from it. Like the perfectionist, never getting you know things done, always trying to perfect it. The Superman or woman, overworking, doing all the things, the soloist, wanting to do things on your own, not liking help. And like the expert, which is I love this one because it's like constantly seeking out training certifications, you know, improving your skills, etc., do you shudder when someone says like you're an expert and you don't feel like you're enough, like you need to do more? I was like, I have touched on every single one of these and including in my business now, the same thing, the same patterns have popped up because again, it's a new environment and my brain is like, oh, let's just go back to old habits. So why am I talking about this in this way? One is you very like, I honestly think if you are listening to this right now, You very likely have imposter syndrome and you either know it 100% or you don't. And I want to kind of highlight how it may be hiding it from you. One way imposter syndrome will pop up for you is in this very natural way I was talking about where you are constantly challenging yourself. You're sitting there like, I'm wearing a mask. I feel like a fraud. I'm worried people will find out. The second is, are you going between the two? Are you going from like, fuck yeah, I am a capable girl boss. And then the next minute something happens and you're like, I am a sham. Everything is broken. I am terrible. Nothing can work. That is imposter syndrome. But if you believe that you're an imposter, it's going to cause too much drama for you. So you go between the two. You're never going to be in a state of fully believing. Like you fully believe for a little bit and that's motivating and then something happens and it steps back and that reaction is to protect you. It doesn't know any other way. That's the way it knows. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Like based off the society we've grown up in, right? Does it not make sense that being in a form of scarcity and not believing in our abilities is like you know, why we strive and why we're motivated to do more. Like when I heard all this stuff, I was like, yep. Like no one teaches us about enoughness and believing truly fully in our abilities, especially if you like me live in Australia and we have something called tall poppy syndrome. What is that? Well, an idea of like someone being above you and kind of showing off in like in Australia, it's not really taken on board. It's about like the group and the community. It's very different to the American culture. I think the example, example, I will give you an example that my dad gave me when I was a really like a kid to kind of explain this because I never understood this. So the like saying goes, an American person will see someone with a Ferrari and go like, wow, I'm going to get there one day. Australian will see someone with a Ferrari and they might think about keying their car because again, it's that whole you thinking that you're better than someone else. And I think some like, and this is just to give you an example of how culture can impact us as well, because on top of that, you're also socialized to be a woman because guess freaking what? This term was coined in 1978 by Pauline and Susan Clance titled the imposter phenomenon in high achieving women dynamics and therapeutic intervention. This was seen in women. They talk later about how this has been observed as well in men. But I just, when I saw that, I was like, of course, of course, this was picked up in women. And it's even, they even talk about how it's like not even to the same extent and how it's different. Because 
women are socialized to not be better than other people. Like we should be caring for others. We should be focused on others. We should not believe in ourselves and our abilities and like being good enough. It's the same reason as to why women will only apply for a role if they meet like, you know, 80 to 90% of the criteria, but like men might meet like 40 to 50 and they'll like apply it. I'm kind of quoting off the top of my head there with the stats. It's socialization. It is not believing the external stuff around you to believe that you're good enough. And I honestly do believe that women are socialized to not believe that deep down that they are capable and good enough. Let's keep you in a state of inconsistency, of not believing in yourself so we can sell you stuff on the fine lines and wrinkles that you have on your weight, on everything else. And then that just perp, perp, oh my God, I cannot say words today, permeates into other things as well. And then of course, we're going into the corporate world and we're getting all this good feedback and we're not believing that we're good enough. So how do you get through this? Firstly, You need to start recognizing that you have imposter syndrome. And how do you do that? Because you either know you have it or you don't know you have it. I want you to think of an example where you have potentially either kind of felt, depending on which side you're on, right? Either you felt, you know, kind of like, oh, I'm an imposter because then that's easy. Look, I'll deal with it this way. The people who believe they have imposter syndrome, I want you to take an example, find some evidence of where you felt that way. Give me a circumstance. Give me an example. And I want you to write out all your bloody thoughts on it. Like go to town, write them all out. Give me some examples. Get all the thoughts out on paper. Then I want you to take one to two thoughts and I want you to start challenging them. And I want you to ask why or why is that a problem? You need to start investigating to get to the root thought. This is really important skill. This is what I teach my clients one-on-one how to do really quickly and effectively. Because right now, you're believing all these surface level shits because you need to understand where this is coming from. So that's, and I'll go into it a little bit more, but that's one. For the people who don't fully believe, who are sitting there like, I don't know, do I have imposter syndrome? Maybe, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I want you to think of an example of where you were doing something really, really well. You were like killing it. And all of a sudden there was a setback. That's the thing that I want you to write a heap of thoughts on. And this skill that I'm talking about is so much more important for you. Because it was through this that I realized that I was an imposter. It was through this that I realized, oh, my imposter syndrome is sitting at such a kind of a deeper level to also protect me, if that makes sense. Like my brain didn't also want to believe that I had this One, because it was like, well, I believe I'm capable, but like mine would switch, goes from capable to not capable. That's how it believed to keep me safe. You need to see those kind of leaves. These are surface level thoughts. They are bloody lies. They're not real, like, like, not that they're lies, but like they don't get to the root issue. What I talk about is you need to get to a root thought. You need to get to a core belief, the tree trunk that is sitting there deep within your brain, within your nervous system, causing all the havoc. And what it does is it just gives you all this random kind of thoughts from it. But that's not the thought. Like you can challenge those leaves. You could like, you can pluck away at the leaves, right? That like, you know, on my flowers outside we have like a you know little garden outside there are black spots right and 
I used to get rid of the leaves. And then like my mother-in-law was like, actually, you need to get rid of like a whole branch because like the whole thing is infected. And that's what you want to do. I want you to see the root and be like, oh, that's the thing that I need to challenge. I need to get rid of that really thick branch or that dead root. That's what I need to start uplifting. And you do that by, again, getting those thoughts from that example and asking why or why is it a problem? Really investigate these thoughts. Okay, Michelle, but what does this mean? Like, why, why do that? The way you're thinking is impacting how you're showing up. These thoughts live under the surface. You don't even know. You're believing everything you bloody think and you just keep acting it out and you keep going into a cycle. The first step is bloody awareness. Once you have identified a root thought, and by the way, you're not going to get it the first time. That's fine. All roads lead to Rome. You will get there eventually. Trust me. You will start to figure out what your root thoughts are. Once I fit, so you know what my root thought was like two years ago when I started exploring this after like quite a few months, I figured it out. I was like, oh shit, it's I'm not good enough. That is a thought that kept me in this stasis, this in between of believing that I am good enough and I'm not good enough. I, be- I would believe that I'm good enough just to give myself enough motivation to do things. And because part of me could see that, yeah, I can do things really well. I can do things, you know, fast. I, I'm capable. And then there's another part of me that was like, and I don't want you to believe that too much because I need you to always be in a place of suffering and not believing in yourself because that is how we survive in this world. That is how we thrive. That's how we move forward. That leads to perfectionism like never handing in your work or freaking out if you want to hand in your work that you don't believe is perfect. That leads to overworking. That leads to not asking for help when you need it. And that leads to this belief that if a setback that happens out externally in the world that hits you, like if a project fails because, I don't know, the servers went down, like you make it mean something about you and you take it so seriously and you take it as an attack on yourself. And then you are just flaring up your nervous system because, again, from all of this, deep down, you are just determining all your worth, value, all of that based off external circumstances because you don't truly believe in yourself. And when you do that, when shit hits the fan, guess what? You're going to feel like a complete fraud and failure because deep down, you don't believe that you are enough you don't believe that you're an expert. You don't believe that you are capable. I didn't actually deep down believe I was capable. And see, this is where I think the brain is sneaky because I just knew that it was like, "Hmm, I'm going to make sure you don't believe your imposter syndrome. So you never touch that area and you never go down through it. Your imposter syndrome, sadly, it's not going to go away in a day due to one, your upbringing and also two, how you've been socialized as a woman. The fact that this is more prevalent in women just like says a whole heap of stuff for me, really. So what you need to do is the work on really believing and seeing your own capability. What is the worst fear? Like ask yourself this question. What is the biggest fear if you don't, if you do believe that you are capable? What are you afraid will happen? Ask yourself that question. See what you come up with write that all out. What does that mean? Are you afraid people will judge you? 
Are you afraid that you'll believe that and you won't want to strive and be motivated and do more? Like what is coming up for you? That's what's keeping you stuck. That is what your brain is also hooking onto to be like, well, this is all we know and this is what we do. Then look at like, how do you think this was cultivated in like your family environment? For me, the whole striving for more like that's I believe it's kind of like scarcity but when it comes to your abilities scarcity in your abilities means you keep moving and keep being motivated but actually we know that the opposite is true when you believe you are capable when you truly sit in like the beautiful feedback that you are getting and really cherish your achievements and really just sit and soak them in that it's from that place where we do more from a calm comfortable nervous system not from a place of where you're like pure anxiety and like this like you know trying to almost like paper mache a cultivated mask together and paint it gold so people think you're good it's one where it has come like slowly organically and beautifully like this I don't know, beautifully unique, cultivated, I don't want to say mask as in you're wearing a mask, but just this, like you're cultivating a beautiful sense of true belief within yourself and your abilities. You start by doing these two things, giving yourself a circumstance, doing like a thought download on it and asking yourself why, if you're capable, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Because a lot of it, I'd say 50% of it is at least awareness and start to notice where this is showing up in your life and how this is impacting you. What are you feeling? What are you doing? What are you thinking when you're deep down thinking I'm not good enough? What is coming up for you? What do you then do from it? Because what you do is you just replay this piece of code, all right? I'm not good enough was a piece of code in my brain that would execute and lead to anxiety, then lead to me not reaching out, getting support, and creating my own hole for myself. But my brain thought I needed that piece of code to keep me safe. And actually, the opposite was true. When I did believe that I was capable and good enough in my corporate job, that is when the growth started to happen. That is when all my fears of like people judging me and just getting attacked didn't happen. And again, if that was my fear, I then did the work to understand why that was a problem. And it led to like the most career growth I've ever had in my like 10 year corporate career. I've been promoted twice in under two years. That did not happen by accident. There was a ton of mindset work that went in to truly believing I'm capable and I'm safe to feel that way. And when shit does hit the fan, because it does, because that is life, that's not a reflection on my true abilities or who I am as a person. That doesn't mean I'm an imposter. I can't control what happens. I can't control external things outside me, but I can control how I show up for that and who I am as a person and how I work to resolve that. And that comes from a place of believing you're capable, knowing that you can handle it and working through your emotions, which is just not talked enough about in corporate. The amount of emotional and mind management that is required, I honestly believe it's, it's very like, why is there not a big course done on this in like university or school? 
We're human beings. We're not robots. We have emotions. We show up whether you like it or not. You show up as your full whole self with all your emotional trauma, baggage, etc. to work. And then that shows up in work each day. Knowing how to manage that is the difference between having a super passionate career versus one where you're in a constant state of like suffering and pain and potentially at the point of like, should I continue this career? Should I quit? This is why I do what I do. Because when I learned this stuff, the change I had in my life, the change I have helped cultivate in my client's life to learn these skills is insane. They have same job, completely different life, all from changing the thoughts that they're thinking and how they manage their emotions. That is it. They did not change the job, including myself. That is why I do what I do. And that is why if you are sitting here listening to this, it is resonating with you. I really encourage you to book in a discovery call with me. I want to help you. I want to show you how I can help you, the steps to get there, what what it is you need and the skills you need to learn. My biggest, I want to put like a core values thing later on as it's on my list to do, but one of my biggest core values that I tell all my clients is I don't give you fish, I teach you how to fish. I don't want you to actually be with me forever. I honestly mean that. I want you to learn these skills Get to a place in your life where you go out and when this shit happens, you have the skills to do it by yourself on your own. But what I'm taking you is I'm taking something that took me two years to learn and I'm putting it into like a six month package for you so you can escalate that and have all the knowledge that you need to do that. So if you're sitting here, this resonates with you, I highly encourage in a discovery call. I know it may feel scary and a little bit like, whoa, what am I doing? I'm potentially going to, if this is a good fit for me, and if I think you're a good fit for the program, like an investment in myself. Yes, it's an investment in yourself so that you can go out there, learn these skills and change your life and potentially also like help other people as well. You're ready to make this change in yourself. And it is possible to go from complete suffering and just hating your job to something where it's like, yep, I've got it back. Now I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and I feel passionate again. So head to my website or my Instagram page and book in a discovery call to see what is possible for you. All right. That's all everyone. Take care. Bye. Hey, are you feeling super overwhelmed on the weekend? You just cannot stop thinking about work and you really wish there was an off button. Well, you should sign up for my five-day challenge, how to disconnect from work and enjoy your weekend again in a way that actually works for you, not against you. Doom scrolling on social media or binging Netflix, that's a thing of the past. I'm going to teach you a secret that I only share with my one-on-one clients that I'll be sharing for free in this challenge. Over the next five days, we're going to go through why you keep worrying, how to handle the top three most common weekend worries, and a step-by-step guide on how to get you out of anxiety and back into calm so you can truly enjoy your time off. Link is in the show notes below to sign up. We start on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. I'll see you there.